Welcome to the acclaimed podcast, Deep Dive with Andy and the White Whale. Welcome to the Deep Dive. Andy, it is on in the NFL. There are training camps popping all over the country. I cannot get enough news and information. All of our friends are talking to us behind closed doors about how they view the season and takes on week one handicapping. It is like glorious time to be in the handicapping space. I cannot wait to get into today's topic. Everything is going glowingly. How are you doing today? I, everything you just said, like, I, I just, my, my heart is full. I said that today. <laughs> I'm seeing, I'm seeing Twitter DM groups full of NFL talk. I'm seeing podcasts and videos. I'm seeing articles. I'm seeing so much football content. And with all due respect to women's soccer and March Madness and hot dog eating contests. Boy, at, at, at heart, we want to talk football. We want to talk football all year long. It sucks that we have to take a little hiatus, but you just can't. I suppose we could if we tried, but I'm so happy it's finally. It's not even that close. Like, there's still like seven weeks, dude. It's it, maybe it's six, six and a half ish. How far yeah, off is the Hall of Fame game? But still. At this point. Oh no, that that's very close. We're super close to all the same game. How is it but, uh, Sunday? And, yeah, no. no, no, it's not no. till August, right? It's not till August third or August fourth. It 4th. is Denver, August first, Thursday, August first. We are we are talking next Thursday, Hall of Fame game. Um, what's the line? Oh, I don't know. I should pull that up. I'm not seeing that. I, I had the. Dimes lines up here. We were looking at some things, but uh, I'm not seeing any preseason action yet. Maybe I'm looking in the wrong spot. Are you going to bet the preseason NFL prop? I did last year. I had some. I I think something to be said for finding some angles in the preseason and playing them. We did pretty well in the preseason. I think at one point it was like five and one, and I just. And then I got a little overexcited and I started to think about why I didn't bet it more. And I think half the reason I was doing well, because I was so damn choosy. Like there's a lot of games <laughs> where you just have to look at it and be like, and be like man, I, I haven't the you know, foggiest freaking idea what's going to happen. So if you can pick out a few angles and I mean, even some of the, some of the real contrived bullshit during the NFL season just feels dumb and square and like, Oh, that's not going to work. But, and they're in the preseason. It seems like that super square shit still pays. Like, oh, this coach cares. This coach doesn't, and and it pays off. Like there, there are angles in the preseason. Maybe we'll talk about that when we're doing our division previews. As far as uh, what's going on that weekend, if we have anything that we're going to be playing. But yeah, I'll definitely bet on the preseason anywhere. Anywhere there's an edge, buddy. You know that. <laughs> I do know that. Um, well. Let's just pretend like for the sake of argument uh, that the Hall of Fame game ends up being lined like Broncos minus two and a half over the Falcons. What uh, What's my decision-making process on, uh, on taking the plus two and a half with the Falcons? Because I'd really rather have three, you know? Like I really, I, I don't want to be, I don't want to be hooked there. You know, I think, 
you know, my gut's telling me three is better than two and a half, but I don't think the market's going to give me a three. So what should I do? Oh, I don't know. Well, trend wise, the last three years, it's been within three points. Oh, really? 17, 16, 2018, and canceled due to poor field conditions. <laughs> oh, I remember that one. Um, <laughs> remember that? That was the weirdest damn yeah, thing. But no, painted, back, back to your question. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you just buy the hook, whale? Should I buy the hook? What could possibly go wrong? That's a good question. That's a good question. In fact, that's a good setup for a whole podcast um, because commonly you see this bantied about amongst people who have been doing this a long time. Uh, I think we subscribe to this uh, general philosophy, and it's not do to buy the hook or not to buy the hook. This is entirely the philosophy of know how much each half point in the NFL is worth, because guess what? All half points are not created equal. And in fact, if you break it down from a mathematics standpoint, the disparity between some half points and some other half points, depending on the number, is crazy crazy and this lends itself to a lot of important things to have in the back of your mind as far as it you know, pertains to you know when you enter the market on any given you know spread uh how you play you know advantage teasers uh you know there are a lot of uh aspects of this that trickle into you know advantage play that are worth keeping in mind as you go through and prepare yourself to be betting week in week out in the nfl uh, and buying the hook yeah. is... <laughs> you know what's you know, cheaper than buying the hook? What's betting on Tuesday. Than, <laughs> Tuesday is cheaper than buying the hook. That's true. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it. You know, the entirety of this conversation really revolves around uh, the fact that an outsized propensity of NFL games end with a margin of victory of three. And in fact, a lot of the games that you are that are kind of in the forefront of people's minds, contests between two teams of relative equal strength, contests in the playoffs, in the Super Bowl, you know, three is kind of a relatively reasonable benchmark. You know, for the home field advantage is three. So two equal teams, one, I don't know, at, you know, with one team having a home field advantage, you should expect a, you know, outcome of about three. So, you know, it, it's a, it's a whoa, super whoa, whoa, important whoa. number. Whoa, 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 what? Yeah. I thought you were going to, I thought we were going to do one where we try to talk people out of buying the hook, but here you are <laughs> talking about how important the number three is, how many games land on it. We might have to go to the chalkboard on this and do the math because <laughs> what you, I mean, what, and I, I guess if I was just listening to this and I didn't know already, like I would want to have somebody show me the math on this because the way you just described the nfl you made it sound like every plus two and a half is a terrible well that might actually be true but uh every minus three and a half is a terrible <laughs> bet you know, i yeah. think we will get to that but um and and not only three but seven like uh yeah my lay, laying minus seven and a half instead of buying to seven or plus six and a half instead of buying to seven uh, I mean, is there? Do you have the math to back it up? Because I'm, I'm calling, I'm calling shenanigans. Then shenanigans. I'm calling shenanigans. Um, no, let's let's go back to what. Can you think of a high profile NFL NFL game recently where the line was about three? <laughs> oh, oh, Falcons Patriots. Was that two and a half? Was that two and a half? Do you want to go, go with the more the, recent Super Bowl? Let's go with the more the more recent one of Rams Patriots. So that that closing line. 
uh, across um, you know all major markets was Patriots minus two. Uh, although there was some regionalization, uh, and if you wanted to set yourself up with a regional middle of three, you could have, uh, depending on where you got down on pet, on the Pats and where you got down on the Rams. But that's a discussion for a whole different day. Um, the uh, the market broadly was giving was was hanging. Uh, Patriots minus two and a half. They were giving it to you for odds of plus a hundred, and then Rams um, plus two and a half. They were giving it to you for odds of minus one twelve. Now, if you were to if you know in a vacuum. You know, no having bet football as long as you have. If I said, how much would a general shop ask from you if you wanted to buy a three off of plus two and a half if you wanted the Rams on that Sunday? What would be your guess? Oh, they, I mean, probably a quarter. They'd want another 25 cents. Uh, I, you might find it, if you might do some price shopping, find it for 20 cents, but. I think you'll see a lot of twenty-five cent jumps if you go from two and a half to three, especially when they get you by the balls, and it's the only football game on that week. <laughs> yeah, that's a fair point. Um, so at Pinnacle, for instance, for example, not to single them out, not to you know, not to point fingers here, um, but uh, the cost of doing business there to go from plus two and a half to plus three. Uh, reflected a 33-cent increase in the odds. You went from minus 112 to minus 145 to make that happen. That's outlandish. It's It's ridiculous. Um, Okay, so if we're kind of sitting here saying this is ridiculous and 25 cents or, or 30 cents even is is crazy well what what is a three worth you know how going from two and a half to three what is that worth what kind of um you know transaction should price should we put on this so that we know hey if we should should we go by this half point here let's compare the price that they're asking to what we know it to be worth and see if there's added value in making that purchase or if we are adding to our vig because the bottom line is, as far as I'm concerned about buying the hook, selling the hook, blah, 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 you know, I, buying the hook in particular, my general thought is if you do not have an advantage on Rams plus two and a half, then you certainly do not have an advantage on Rams plus three, including the extra vig that they have just tacked on. Right. And, and, and back to your, yeah, and you know, and back to your point, they're 100% is a price that is okay to buy the hook at. Yeah, of course. We we're, and we'll do, we're and spoiler alert, we're we're going to put a price on that, but to buy from two and a half to three and a half, we said 33 cents at pinnacle. There obviously that's that's too much. I'm mean, just spoiler alert, that is a minus EV move. Don't do that. It's going to be a bad long-term move, but there is a price point in which it's worth it. I mean, uh spoiler alert, it it's, doesn't exist. It's a, well, yeah, it. you, yeah, maybe you would. I mean, you never know. There might be a local out there who's selling points you never for know. too cheap. You never know. But you can you can check this out anyway. Um, so let's kind of going back to our example about the Rams. There, um, the difference in price between 
plus three and plus two and a half. You know, you know, and we're we're out here slinging U.S. odds because we're stupid Americans, and because I, I do you know the story behind U.S. odds. I feel like I've read it. Isn't it just to make people lay the juice? Because I, I feel like most Europe, most Europeans flat bet, or they just yes. you know, what one hundred quid to win seventy four. Oh no! Really yeah, hundred quid at one point three three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, oh, sure, sure. One point six two, one point three three. They're out there slinging numbers and they're betting on the whatever damn United. Betting. Yeah, right, right. Um, so, U.S. odds at the plus plus hundred minus hundred ten type of uh, you know way of saying odds makes it extremely difficult to convert those values to break even probabilities. But let's just define what a break even probability is real quick. Um, none of this is our work, by the way. We've learned this from following closely on, you know, in the gambling space for a long time. Uh, there's been great books written that kind of focus Standing on Standing on the shoulders of giants. Yes, for sure. But, um, but basically, um, minus 110, how often do you have to win that bet in order to break even? 52.38, is it? I have to look that up, though. Close. What's the well? What's the U? What's the E? What's the price in the EU for minus one ten? One point nine oh nine. Yeah, one point nine oh nine. So then, how do we figure out the break-even probability once we know the EU price? Uh, you take you take one divided by the decimal odds. So also called yeah, the reciprocal. one divided by one point nine oh nine. Yeah, you also, yeah, I guess if you want to go back also, to that. Also called the reciprocal. It's also called the reciprocal. Um, yeah, one over that EU price. Uh, which uh, will give you 52.38%. So basically, if you are calculating that an event, that something that, uh, that the, um, if you're being offered um, minus three and at a price of minus 110, you have an edge if you are calculating that that uh, team will win by three, by more than three points greater than 52.38% of the time. Does that sound fair? That's fair. Uh, I'll give you that one. What about push? What about a push? What happens if I push? Push probabilities definitely come into play. Okay. What's a push that's probability? Where, that's where it does get a little tricky. What's a push the probability? probability that it pushes. <laughs> Explain that in a little more detail for me. Put a little bit more context around that for me. Uh, I... I feel like, and maybe I'm maybe I'm in the wrong how I feel about it, but I feel like that's when you that's the context you need when you start moving from one to another. When you start, you need that to make comparisons, and that's a good point too. And maybe we did completely gloss over that, but we talk about you know you, you can buy the point. So let's say it's two and a half, and you want to buy yourself to three. I mean, if you have a shitload of outs. There's a lot of times where you're going to run into a quandary of which odds are actually better when you look at two books. One book might have plus three, you know, plus three, plus 100, and then plus two and a half, you know, plus 125. And I mean, quickly, which one is better? Which oh, I don't care. I probably have to look that up. I and that, and that's too. where the, that's where the that's where the you know that's where the push probabilities is. And again, I have a nice website. I'll probably post it under this podcast. But um, 
uh, shout out to I think Alex Bartlett turned me onto this one. He has uh, he uses that half point calculator. I want to say it's SBRs. That's a really yeah, good, a good tool. One. You can actually look when you when you start comparing because you, you ask yourself. Let's say let's say the the odds on your normal book are minus three, minus one ten, and you go and the other book has minus three and a half and a huge plus number. Which one of those is better long term? Like it, is that is that plus number enough to sell that half point on the whole other side of the coin? That's a really good point. It's just, it's a really good point because, because, and that's where, that's where I really, when you, when you do get into, uh, when you do get into the NFL, especially if you have a bunch of outs, you know, let's say you're using bookmaker or something else, which a little more of a sharper book. And then you have a, my book, you're a Bavada, which are, you know, tend to take more public numbers. You can really find some nice comparisons there where, often you can sell a point even your books aren't letting you adjust the line you're essentially just moving to a different book to sell that half point because it's such a public book and a lot of times this does come in on, on underdog numbers and you'll you use this half point calculator you enter the, the market you're betting into and it'll tell you the difference what what that actual price should be in this example for the the minus three and a half compared to minus three and you can make a an educated decision on whether you should be betting the minus three at minus 110 or the minus three and a half yep all that is uh is a good jumping off point that, and that's but uh that's where the half points that's where half point or that, that's where the push probability that's where my head went to because a big part of the calculation they're using is the push probability in this because yeah, oftentimes with a half point, you're Long either term. coming on or off of a off an integer. Yeah, that's right. Um, and you know, just for reference, I you know I, I pulled a bunch of our friends who are heavy duty NFL betters, just kind of getting a sense of you know what people thought about this stuff, to what do they think value of points are, and things like that. Uh, and generally, I think the price that the sharper shops sell them kind of inform a lot of people's thinking on this. Like they just kind of assume, well, hey, if they're selling it for thirty cents, that's what it's worth, right? Um, but in reality, I think that there is almost certainly a premium built into that number. I can't defend 30 cents for, yeah, for anything. I can't defend 25 cents. Um, you know, there's just not enough, you know, there's just not enough of a signal that says, yeah, that's how much this ought to be worth, um, which kind of fits into what we would have guessed would be a cognitive bias for people betting the NFL. They want that little bit of extra security. Huge they want to feel, bias. yeah, they want to feel like, okay, well, you know, if, if, you know, because a lot of these people are betting with their gut. They're not actually calculating some sort of numerical edge. They're just saying, well, I want to be on the winning side because I'm going to sit down and enjoy this you know, game. And therefore, I want something that makes me feel better going into it. And I'll pay the extra premium to get me there. And, you know, so it's it's a it's a tricky kind of um, trap to fall into that you want to be cognizant and aware of on the front end. But let's talk about it. It is. Yeah, it is a blind spot. It's a bias. It's a blind spot. Exactly. And. I would say the way the push probability is calculated and people who know well, like say, oh, well, you know, like let's go look at S, you know, the, what's the SQDL, search query database language. Let's go to that website for NFL and let's look at all games that have ever been lined three and how many of them have pushed. And it works out to be a little over 10%, about 10%. So basically, um, you know, if you go back to 1990, and you look at all games in the database that have a, uh, a line of three, you're going to see 10% of them land on three. Okay. And you can do the math even further and you can say, okay, well, you know, how about, uh, how about games that were lined 
Yeah, but but you know, you're you're a little bit uh, you're a little bit a prisoner there of three being the line, right? That doesn't really tell you everything. That doesn't tell you well. What if a game, you know, was you know closed at two and a half, and how often did I lose by the hook, right? What if a game closed at three and a half? How many pushes did I just turn into wins? Right, and you can calculate all of those with the SQDL database. It should take you roughly fifteen minutes, uh, and I would encourage everyone to do that, just so you can, if nothing else, get a little bit familiar with kind of going through that as a valuable tool and resource to kind of comb through angles and, and ideas related to the NFL, because you know that's a and it's, and it's a, free. It's a, and it's somehow, free. yeah, somehow, somehow, some way, it's free. Um, but all that said, uh, it's uh, it's interesting to kind of look a little bit more broadly then and say okay well you know what what percent of nfl games overall land on three what would you guess if i hadn't if i hadn't already told you did you did you guess when we, i was playing this game the other day yeah i went with i i think i went with 18 because i felt like that was a number i heard at one point when you that might have been a number that you heard because last year's was pretty close to that last year was uh, in the nfl 16.9% of the games ended with a margin of victory of three. Um, year over year, this is a pretty stable number, actually. I was surprised. I thought to myself, and you brought this question up too, which is, you know, now that the extra point is farther back, you know, now that teams are, you know, are, are, are more, you know, are passing more aggressively and scoring more points overall. I mean, totals are like three, four points higher on average than they were four or five years ago. So scoring is up. Oh, yeah. Extra points uh, conversion is down. Does this change how often games end on three? And I thought to myself, oh, man, I bet you it, ha- I bet you it has to have. But lo and behold, this thing is freaking stable going back to 2002 pulled the data for every year and looked at the percentages and it turns out it's right around 15% pretty much every year. There's a couple low outliers where it's 10, 10 and a half percent in 2008, 10.9 in 2014. But year over year, this sucker is stable as can be about 15% of the games land on a margin of victory of three. Uh, that's a lot. How far, how far back can we go on that? Because you, you know, it got me thinking when I did bring up the the tube or the extra point. Got to give away the give away the meat there. I wonder about when when we switched to allow the two point conversion in '94. If that changed anything? Because you have a if you had a if you can go back far enough, you could actually you have a pretty good data set of like 1994 to maybe even just cutting it off at when they changed the extra point rule. There's a pretty yep. nice data set there to look at. That, that would I, I think that me. might be worth looking into. That's I know the, that, that wouldn't shock me at right, all. Right. I know there were more games lined three and that pushed a three in that time window than there have been of recently. But uh, I don't know exactly what the numbers are. I'll tell you this much. I, my kind of frame of reference for all data and numbers and statistics in terms of understanding what has happened and what will forward happen in the NFL kind of all stops at about 2002. I never really go farther back than that. Uh, and a lot of that is because that was about the time that passing uh, really became a much bigger part of the game and pass interference being called pretty aggressively was a huge part of that. Um, does that, 
pass the smell test to you or am I, have I kind of tricked myself into some stupid narrative that's not yeah no that that seems just that seems really arbitrary honestly really yeah, I mean if maybe if you had a few more minutes yeah if you had a few more minutes you could probably talk me into it but no that, okay. that feels I don't feel like there was a giant material change in the NFL okay well I mean, what every I, league the changes there, gradually but the, the way but the as way far as comparing is, two teams uh, in a full yeah. game the, the way I got there is I was basically looking at distributions of scoring yards you know di- distributions of scoring over the course of a season year over year and there's a there's a legitimate the shape is exactly the same and there's a legitimate shift uh around that time uh, i looked at kind of relationship of yards points per game yard points per game yards per you know the, the correlation between yards gained and points scored all all of that stuff all kind of like all of the distributions sort of shift and break around that time. So I kind of use that sort of as my mental cutoff of the modern NFL quote unquote. Um, and I yeah, was kind of hoping you, I was kind of hoping you were going to say something like p- scoring was up, like, you know, on average, like 20 points a week that day. <laughs> like, well, the Texans, Texans can't. Oh, there was a new team into the league. Yeah, <laughs> like, I knew, I knew it wasn't gonna. Like, yeah, yeah. There was another team. No, I just wanted to make a fun joke though. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's so, you know who's I fault mean, back it to is? the back it's to the a, buying the points. A, no, I'm I'm stuck. It's Bill Polian's fault. It's Bill Polian's fault because he lobbied for uh, he lobbied for harsher pass interference rules because the Patriots were beating them by molesting their receivers, um, and that kind of changed the way the game was officiated, and that kind of changed the game the way it was played. Uh, the way the game is played, in my opinion. But uh, anyway, go ahead. Well, now I'm stuck on my example because I had to go freaking look it up. So, do you want to do you want to take a guess on what this this calculator comes up with? What a fair price would be to lay an extra half point to sell oh. a half point from from minus three to minus three and a half, minus three at ten juice to minus three and a half. Let's say they give you plus 115. Are you taking it? Is it a long-term plus EV move? Okay, wait. Say, push say, 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 sorry, sorry. I'm buying off of three and a half to minus three? What am you're I buying from minus? You're buying from minus three, minus 110, and there another book is going to offer you minus three and a half plus 115. So 20, 25 cents? I'm I'm selling I'm selling in that case I'm selling in that case because I think that's worth about thirteen cents. If you're going to sell it to me for twenty five cents, I'll I'll take that in a heartbeat. I'm selling. the The calculator says twenty one cents, but you're still I mean you're still in the right to buy it. Yeah, you're still in the right or to sell buy it. it twenty five. Sell it for twenty. Yeah, it said yeah. The, the the right the right price for that is plus one eleven according to this. Mm. So, I mean, if if you can get plus one fifteen, and I guess that's the point i kind of want to make when you're looking at some of these some of these different prices or if you can sell points just as much as you're doing yourself a disservice by buying at an inflated price you're probably doing yourself a disservice long term by not selling off when books are going to offer ridiculous prices to sell off a off a key number or even non-key numbers you can do this calculation on any on any probability any line they give you you can look at what it actually is worth to sell off it and i mean just it's in a long-term game if if that's if you're a pure numbers guy like there's probably a ton of opportunities to sell points in the nfl and come out ahead i'm surprised that it gave you 21 cents as the price 
I still think I, that seems still high to me. I honestly, I, I think selling a half point around three is only worth at the high end. It's adding four percent. Uh, it's adding four percent to your probability of winning the of the play if everything. Well, else yeah, is <clears throat> I'm just using this. I'm just using this calculator. Like it'd be interesting to actually compare it against the the data sets that we grabbed there. Yeah, maybe I would look at fifteen cents, but but at the at the high end, it's worth four. That's the most I would even concede. But anyway, let's let's go back a couple of steps. And I, I will say, I don't yeah. think our calculations figured in the the hold. You gotta you gotta figure in the uh, the straddle as well. I think that might be the missing key to some of the calculations. Do you think it's that? Do you think that that's yeah. not balanced though on either side? You think they're holding more? It, on no, it's one hundred percent balanced. No, it's not. Well, one, yeah. If you're betting into a line that's plus one, one plus one fifteen, okay. Uh, you know let, there will be lopsided holds, especially take, the books I'm talking about. Let's take a giant step backwards then, because really the the whole point of this was I think there are a lot of ways to try to answer this question. I spent a lot of time this weekend trying to do that specifically to see if if there were different approaches to this, if I could come up with different answers and see if like, okay, well, if there's different answers, maybe one's right and one's wrong and the way they've been doing it is wrong. You know, like I was just kind of poking and poking in around here, trying to find an inefficiency. And, you know, because again, my, my, my basic feeling about this is if you don't have an edge in one, then you certainly don't have an edge buying with whatever premium the book slaps on what it's actually worth, because I don't think they're actually ever giving you fair price if you're buying hooks. Anyway, um, so the, the, um, that's the question then of how do you figure this out? How, how do you account, you know, how, how do we get to the bottom of, uh, you know, of what this is worth? If 15% of NFL games land with a margin of victory of three, you know, how do we incorporate that knowledge, the results we have into an actual, well, what is this? What is my probability added here by buying this half of a point? Because it, all this comes down to is price is basically can is price is directly um, equal to break even probability, and two prices have two break even probabilities, and the difference between those probabilities is what you are paying for, and if what you are paying for in terms of probability added is less than what it actually is providing then you've been sold a bag of nonsense. Is that, is that a fair way to characterize this? Yeah. And I mean, in, in just some of your examples, like we, we talked about minus 110, to break even at minus 110, you need to win 52.38% of the time. So if we just add a quarter, and it sucks because, like we said, U.S. odds aren't linear. So we are going to have to convert, and minus 135 is uh, 1.741. You take the reciprocal of that, it's about 4% higher, which doesn't sound like a lot, but when you start dealing with beating these uh, beating these markets, you have to win 4% more of the time. If you're at 135, it gets pretty hairy pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, 57.44 you get to. So over four so, percent? No, over five percent more. Yeah, yeah. So let's okay. So let's go go back a couple steps again and say okay. So fifteen. You're telling me fifteen percent of games land on three as the margin of victory. Um, that's actually not the most common bin 
but only because I kind of cheated here. Um, I have taken all games that have a margin of victory over two touchdowns and two extra points. So anything over 14, lump that together. What percentage of games do you think uh, that uh, are accounted for in that, Ben? Like 30%, because you told me. Yes, 30%. That's correct. So 30%. <laughs> Which actually, 30... when, I, when I saw yeah, that, that yeah. was a little, that, 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 I didn't think it'd be that high. Like when you yeah. showed me the distribution you came up with, with the data set. Yeah. Yeah. It's over 30% of games end up, you know, with a margin of victory of over two touchdowns. Yeah. Seems high, but I trust you. Well, this is this is this is a this is a full-on breakdown of what we've what has actually transpired. These are this is data and facts. This is not in, in whatever you know in any sense of the word. No, none of this uh, is opinion. Know, opinion, right? So, and and you know we'll have to we'll have to delve into what this means another time. But thirty percent of games finish with a margin of victory over two touchdowns. You got a ballpark for me of of about how many games are lined <laughs> over two touchdowns? Jesus, what, like 2%? <laughs> yes, two, exactly 2. Exactly 2%. 2% of games have, and that's even including 14s. So over 14 as far as a, uh, as far as a line is freaking rare, yet it occurs about 30% of the time. So think, think about that for a little bit, but we'll come back to this. Um, after 3, you got to guess what the next most common margin of victory is? 7 Six seven. or seven, 10, seven, seven, seven. Yeah. 9.2% mm -hmm. of games, basically, basically a little under 10% of games, uh, it land on seven. Uh, after that 5% of games land on 10 and, uh, 5.7% of games land on 10 and 5.1 land on 14. So clearly your most common, uh, scores actually, Ooh, I skipped by six, uh, is five. I was going to say six is more than 14. Has to be barely. Barely, though. Not by a whole heck of a lot. Not by a whole heck of a lot. So, um, so again, kind of the colloquial term for these, as you hear people talk about gambling and sport and NFL, especially is what? Key numbers. Right? Key and numbers. three is three. And, again, even all key and numbers they're not are not created. Yeah, they're not wrong. All, all key numbers are not created. At least three, clearly the keyest of key numbers. Seven, the next most key. And then weak key numbers, I would say, are in 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 uh, in order 6 10 14 and 4 so um yeah, second class keys second class keys and this is literally just like how often this is this is just frequency of occurrence over going back to uh the data set which i have back to 2002 so what do we do with this now should we look at like a smaller subset of data cuz like i don't really care about games that are you know a touchdown spread what the value of three is in those games right like these are you know like, well, I, like let's, I let's really, do a small range around three yeah let's put a little band around three let's look at only games that are in like the two and a half three three and a half range and let's you know let's see so how you know if if uh um you know What's kind of crazy, I expected to see this number spike, right? I mean, we think the NFL market is relatively efficient. These are closing lines I'm looking at from Pinnacle. Like, these are, this is the best indication we have as human beings of what the true probabilities were prior to the start of these games. You would was, think. Was this games, the biggest surprise to you? 
Oh, absolutely. It was the biggest surprise. Absolutely. I think not it was for me too. Cause yeah, this is such a, so it just seems so basic. And like if 15% of games end on three, now throw out all the other horse shit and take the games that are lined around three. Well, it should be higher. It'll be yeah, more. It should be like twenty five percent, right? Whoa. No. Yeah. Nope. Way wrong. Fewer. Blew my mind. It was fewer, uh, and even more than that. If you are a dog, and you are lined plus two and a half, plus three, or plus three and a half, you lose by exactly three. How much? How many? What percent of the time would you guess? It's never, it's never happened. That's never happened. <laughs> Is that true? No, <laughs> Did I go great. too low? You went I went too, too, too far to the extreme. You went too low. I have uh, price is right eight, rules. Eight, 8%, 8%, 8% of the time. 8% of the time. So if you are a dog around three, you lose by exactly three. 8% of the time. Okay? that We could stop this podcast right here. and And I will tell you then... That really is real. More realistically, what your push probability is for uh, for plus three, and that is that that you know. So buying onto the three or or buying off of the three should give you no. You know, should give you four percent in terms of implied wins. And if you convert four percent into an actual price, if we're around even odds, that should be about fifteen cents. Which means if you look at a book. And if you see a two and a half at minus 110 and you look at the three and it's any higher than minus 125, you are being ripped off. How wild is that? Because that's certainly, I've yeah, never, and, and freaking, I think, I've yeah, never it, seen the, the un, Yeah. <laughs> the underlying never. thing is for sure, like, yeah, there is a price and it's just not offered. It's almost like years ago. The bookmaker figured out this math <laughs> that we did, and they said, they, "Well, you're not gonna. We're gonna offer this, but it's not gonna be at a good price." We can capture and another two percent hold here. voice there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean they, they know what they're doing. They, they know what it's worth. Um, uh, any book more than encourages you because it does not matter. You can say, "Oh, you know, it, it saved me this time." For every time it saves people. There's going to be a whole handful of times where it doesn't matter. Let's say people are 50-50 betters. If every, you know, you just take every time you do it, and if you, you lose half the time, every time you lose, you're losing an extra 20%. Just, it's rough. That's, that's yeah. going to drop you in a hurry. You need to, you need to win at a, at a much higher clip than someone who's not doing this to make up for all that. I mean, it's yeah. very hard to recoup that. And so unless you're picking the NFL winners at 65%, I probably wouldn't do anything like this. Yes. <laughs> and even that, even that, uh, if you are doing that sort of thing, that's the kind of thing Give that gets call. your, it's the kind of thing that gets your account marked safe. <laughs> like if you're, if you're trying to disguise your plus EV action and make sure your account doesn't get, get shut down, go ahead and buy the hook for 30 cents, you know, and it's worth actually 15. So yeah, you mean, you know, it, it literally is, um, you're putting the added win probability into the pocket of the bookmaker. You are increasing your VIG. That is really the bottom line here. If you're buying the hook, in my opinion, and it, you know, I, I, I looked up and down long and hard. Was there any point that was worth buying? 
Is there any, you know, like, what about from one to two? What about from five to five and a half? You know, like, there's got to be something, right? And it's, it just doesn't exist. Like, in general, you're, in general, you're adding, um, you know, away from three. In general, you're adding less than plus or minus 3% uh, as you come on, on and off these key numbers. Uh, and so really, none of them is worth more than a nickel other than three itself, which is worth about 15 cents. So, don't buy points, people. And uh, um, but, you know, you know, the only I did see one you could buy. Oh, which one? If you want to buy from like seven and a half to one and a half, <laughs> oh, you that was a perfect fucking as industry industry uh, setup there. So okay, flipping this on its head. And forgetting about how many points, you know, forgetting about how many cents you're paying for probability and just looking specifically at the probability added from going from point to point and knowing that all points aren't created equally, wouldn't it be cool if there was some sort of instrument in the betting industry that gave you exactly the equal price for all points? Like, what if there was a tool out there that you could create um, some sort of parlay? where all the points that you're buying are cost the same. Wouldn't that be cool if that existed? Wouldn't that be nice? (laughs) And uh, and if that sort of um, scenario existed, you can imagine that if a point, if a spread was a certain on a certain number and they gave you, Oh, I don't know, like six points that you could buy and you summed across those points and you calculated, oh, I don't know, about an added win probability of twenty-five percent, but they were only charging you twenty percent. Would that be uh, would that be something I could interest you in? I would take it. <laughs> okay, I would, so uh, I would take that in a heartbeat. And I mean, to, to do the backward, and we're talking teasers, obviously, but <laughs> the backwards math and something something interesting I found about teasers is if you do the math and you do just basic parlay math with the prices that you create versus what you're what you're paying to essentially bet those two prices individually i did every single parlay teaser parlay i did last year instantly created at least 5% closing line value like yeah. without without it even being good bet they didn't even have to they didn't have to move in your direction they could have moved the other. You were doing it at the still, close. You were doing it at the close. Yeah, for and for the most part, yeah. I mean, I, there were some that had moved a little afterwards, but for the most part, I did these on Sunday. I because all the information that I'd ever you know garnered on teasers was mostly based off the closing line, so I didn't want to be doing them early in the week. But yeah, even ones that would have a very late move and it move against you, there would still be closing line value which just speaks to the fact that you're getting a plus EV bet in the long term, even though it's a parlay, it's buying points. And it's still, it's still because of the probabilities we talked about because of the cost of a point. And in this case, depending where you bet, obviously you can't be doing this at nitrogen where it's like a a buck 30 to do this sort of stuff. (laughs) But yeah, if you want to, if you want to be a dipshit and buy from, uh, minus three to plus three, crossing zero and doing something wild like that, that costs you the exact same as buying from 
minus seven and a half to minus one and a half, crossing seven, crossing three, six, crossing six, four, and even three. to a lesser extent, four. Four two is like a third tier. Two, two major you know, keys number. and two minor keys. Yeah. Yeah, A yeah. minor. So, yeah. I mean, the, the fact that you get the exact same price to do something like that as you do, because, and this is something we talked pre-pod, you know, we, we were uh, having this mild discussion on what did we find as far as what it costs to buy off points. And like we said, 20, 25 cents to be buying off a three, three and a half. Whereas I found that's, and that's a half a point. Whereas I found some dead numbers that you were allowed to buy or sell off of. They charge you 10 cents to buy a full point. So like Whale said at the beginning of the pod, not all numbers are creative equal, creative equal. Obviously, you know, we talk about the key numbers and some of the shit numbers like one to two or pick to one, you know, four and a half to five and a half. Those numbers are not going to cost the same. They're going to be greatly discounted because they don't matter as much because, you know, the the final, uh, what do you call it? The margin of victory just doesn't land on that as often. In, yep. in this case, everything costs the same. So you can buy all the good stuff for the same price as the shitty stuff. And that's where that comes in. Yep, that was well put. Um, any other kind of key uh, lessons from teasers that are worth just dropping in this uh, little little nugget of wisdom moment of the pot? Minus 110, six points. That's about as far had... as you want to go. Yeah, yeah that's it. I mean, there is there is plus CV at uh, at minus six or six and a half point teasers. There is even some plus CV stuff at uh, seven point teasers if you find the exact right one. Uh, I think the biggest thing I've learned is just not to force one. Like sometimes I'm like I gotta find one. I really gotta find one. <laughs> and there are ways uh, there and there are ways to even whittle it down further. If you another off pod discussion we had about if there is actually correlation between the total and things that are happening with the margin of victory, which we have to dig into yet, but there is correlation between you know these basic handicap teasers and the total. Like if you go put some parameters in where you're betting lower totals, you're gonna have a little better luck. But basically, you only need to hit you only need to hit single legs at a I want to say it's like 70, 72% rate. Yeah. And in these Wong teasers, which I'm going to, I'll probably put something out because I've been working on that article for like a freaking year. But yeah, uh, on these Wong teasers, it's, yeah, it's, you're, you're getting over that threshold. And basically it's yeah. the same thing we're talking about with the, with the buying and selling points. Here's a threshold. If you can beat it, it's worth selling a point. You can't beat it. In this case, here's the threshold. Can you beat it by selling those six points? And in the long term, on certain numbers, you can with a teaser. So a lot of people, you know, they'll look at teasers, parlays, whatnot as square action, bad action, which a lot of teasers are. Look look at someone teasing NFL or NBA totals. That's not gonna work. <laughs> but um, this is I mean, this is for sure. It's just it's it's a proven yeah. thing. Again, you know, another yeah, another another great example of a way to get your account marked safe if you are an advantage player is uh, you know bet teasers across zero because uh, all of those points that you go across the middle are worth sparingly little, uh, and you're paying the same price as you would as you going across seven, six, four, and three. So um, other kind of key. Yeah, one of those, you know, you're bet. I mean, you're you're buying off a tie. 
you are essentially buying off the chance that there's a tie. One of those chances. Would you? There would are you, so there, few there, ties. There have been more games that with an exact margin of victory of like 19 than there have of ties in my days. Like, like just some crazy. There were some ties are so freaking infrequent. Uh, and granted, we're you know we're saying all this about how infrequent ties are. And what was clear was there have been a lot more ties recently. Like there used to be no ties in the NFL and there have been a lot more ties recently. Uh, and it's also worth considering that the NFL is tweaking the overtime rules year over year over year. Um, it's getting shorter and shorter and shorter, less and less opportunities to, to drive and score um, more and more opportunities to give both teams the ball uh, in overtime, like increasing likelihood that you get a three, three overtime tie in, induced so you know there, there are some caveats to this and that the future is going to be bound by different rules than all the data we're evaluating here but still ties are like 0.2 percent of games in the last in the last uh whatever 18 years uh, so yeah ties suck they should go to go to penalty kicks <laughs> um okay so let's uh if you're interested in that little teaser nugget there um, some other resource, lots of other really, really useful resources on the interweb. If you Google basic teaser strategy, you'll find some interesting conversation on this. If you Google, you know, these are colloquial known as Wong teasers named after the, uh, the famous Stanford Wong who wrote the kind of the first NFL handicapping strategy book. Is that true? Something like that. He, I, I think he wrote the it, first one. I mean, Lots it, of stuff in that book did not pretty, stand the I test mean, of time, but yeah, it, that, it, the Wong teasers did. Yeah, I was gonna say, like people, because there, there's people will shit on like trading bases, which a lot of that stuff it doesn't apply anymore to baseball. Which, but at the time, that was way ahead of its time, and the same can go with the Stanford Wong book. There's a lot of stuff in there that is just eye-rollingly bad as far as applying it to today's market. It doesn't work, but he was kind of one of, that was one of the first good analytical books about uh, beating the NFL market. And, and it still uh, exists. That's why they're called long day. teasers. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. That, um, that one has stood the test of time. And it's like we said uh, with the, with the bookmakers, how they said, uh, you know, if the price is roughly 15 cents to buy off a three, we're going to charge 20. Same thing goes with these. A lot of books you're going to find are going to want to charge you 20 cents, 30 cents, rather than, you know, the 10 yeah. cents you can find and that some absolutely, absolutely to absolutely TV. Yes. Get you, you know, and, and oh, for if, sure. if, if nothing else, you know, if this whole conversation is like boring you or rolling your eyes or whatever, like get, get out there and try some of this math for yourself. Start to wrap your head around the idea that a price is, and is the same as a break even probability. Start to wrap your, your head around, you know, what the hold on these sort of, uh, you know, instruments are at, you know, what the VIG is and, and which books have the greatest VIG because, you know, a huge, huge uh, difference maker for me last year was betting at a book that had uh, low VIG for NFL. Huge difference maker. I absolutely, I, I can't imagine betting back into minus 110 lines ever again in the NFL. Like it's just, it would be suicide. So, you know, I think, um, you know, those, those sort of things, you'll get a better feel for them if you do the math yourself than you will listening to us talk and spin numbers here. Um, but Wong teasers, I think, boy, man, Wong, I, you know, you would think given that they are, you know, that, that, that you can find them for minus 110 out there, you would guess that they land 50% of the time. But 
in reality, last year in the NFL, it was something like 60, 65. Like, it was crazy. And, I, Andy, I'm setting you up here because I know you played a lot of them, and you you picked and choo- chose carefully. You weren't just spraying the board if it was on that number you were hitting it. You were doing a little bit more handicapping than just, you know, swinging away on these. What was your teaser percentage that you had last year? Oh, I don't know. You you, you should have you should have said that earlier, so I could have looked it up. It was good okay. though. Like I don't even know. I, I I had a winning season. I don't know if I'd had a winning season without teasers. Like I started. Really I think won, like, it was the first that four teasers I played. I think you no, played. I mean, you I, know, let's my, see. My, I, my, my my guess is you played thirteen teasers last year, and I think you hit uh, eight or nine of them. Yeah, no, it was good. It was it was like eight, eight and five or nine and four, something along those lines. I have to go look it up. But they were good. Yeah, there there are ways. I like the total. I mean, if if you do look at the total, if the total's super high, I mean, even if maybe we prove that that's not true eventually here, it just it just seems like a higher variance game where it's tougher to fall within the number. But uh, uh, defense doesn't matter except when you get into a teaser. There are teams. There are teams that cover teaser like they just always fall within the teaser leg. The Ravens for a long time were such a good team for this because of their defenses. And obviously, the a team with a half decent defense does pretty well on a plus money teaser if you can get it to eight and a half. But they they can't be a garbage team either. Like I'm looking at some of these that lost. Like I threw the Titans into a teaser. Uh, that yeah. sort of stuff just doesn't get yeah. work. All right, the opposite side of this thing, pleasers. I want to bring. I want to. I want to have a little bit of a kind of breaking ground conversation here because no one really talks about Blazers. We we swing away on some alternate totals in primetime games because prices are offered that are just outrageous, and we take advantage of those. Uh, I think, in my head at least, the Pleaser situation is the same sort of thing. Like if you have a team that's favored by, and really what we're trying to do here is capture value on the fact that thirty percent of games. And uh, end with. I was a, just going to uh, say, go back to that fourteen or over yeah. thing. Or fourteen or over, right? Yeah. So if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna sell six points, you know you're gonna sell them, and the book is gonna get fair value if you're selling from zero to six, right? Or from one to seven, or from two to eight, right? Like you're gonna you're giving the book fair value selling the, those six points, or probably you're probably getting screwed. You're probably selling yourself short if you're selling those six points, right? But if you are at, out at like seven and a half and you sell to six, you may look at it and be like, God, this is a ridiculously huge number. I don't feel great about it. But the points that you just sold, those six points you just sold across, they're not worth very much. They're not worth much at all. Half a percent, a percent at the most. Like you're talking about probably, you know, if you can sell something, and reduce your win probability to the tune of 20%, um, but you do so by selling points that are worth a percent apiece, six of them, you know, it's, it's the, like you can absolutely create value, scoop value doing this sort of stuff. Um, and I think it's it's at the extremes. You know, I, I don't think you're, I don't think it's a, it's a matter of taking an eight-point dog and making it a two-point, you know, two-point dog. That's not it. It's clearly in the in the favorite side of things going up, uh, where you can kind of capture value on this. But this is this is all just kind of stuff that I noticed in looking at the data. Not haven't fully fleshed this out yet. But alternate uh, alternate lines, sides, and totals when you can find them for some of the higher profile games. 
uh, I think that uh, that the higher plus numbers you can get in your pocket, you're most likely capturing value on those. So look out for that. Oh, sort of stuff. It's like I did with that with with I've kind of been doing the the reciprocal, if you will, since you brought that up. But you know, like you said, you know, don't don't buy points. We should say maybe you sell points. You go to the opposite side so many times, like with this. Say so, you know if it, if it's if it's bad to play, you know, minus CV teasers, again, there's probably some plus CV pleasers. And it goes <laughs> yeah. to the point you made where you said, well, and it, it, you said, if you don't think you have a huge advantage at plus two and a half, why are you even playing it first off? Uh, like, oh, I, I don't know how I feel about this. I better sell a half point. It probably isn't that strong of an angle. At that point, you're, yeah. you're just degenning, and you're you're probably playing a bad uh, spot anyway. But again, then again, with the the reverse of that, if you find yourself in a very plus EV position, maybe tickle tickle some halts, tickle some uh, a pleaser, maybe an open pleaser if you want. Uh, if you don't yeah. have something else, that's a nice part. Um, you know. Uh, I will say I don't love some of the options at five dimes just based on some of the shading they do on lines, but I don't think they're going to do that on pleasers. I'm not too worried about that sort of thing. So if you do have a super, oh no, you're going to get free points doing it that line. way. Oh, yeah. thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, you you, you can get you can get you get free yeah. points the other way. So yes. you know we talked about the Wong teaser and it you know uh, on on six on a six point teaser. Let's just go with the favorite side of it because there's actually six numbers you should do a six point Wong on, but seven and a half, eight, and eight and a half. If you subtract six from that, you still will cross three, you'll still cross seven, six, four. So, oftentimes, and I'm not going to name any books five times, but uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone else does it. I have no, 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 no. there will be some books, some books, they'll shoot right, right. them. Right, some books will crank up the price of it of a Wong teaser to tell you go bet this somewhere else, <laughs> right? Like that that that'll happen. Like at some books, like if you're like, oh, I thought this was going to be one ten, why is it one thirty? Well, that they're just telling you go bet this somewhere else. That's all they're telling you. Um, and five dimes doesn't tweak the yeah. Instead of minus structure. seven and a half, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Good. They make yeah they make their main line instead of a minus seven and a half, which can be wonged. They make it minus seven plus one ten, so then you're not on a one number anymore. Or minus nine, and yeah. you can or minus yeah yeah or yeah. or minus yeah, nine they, yeah. Or, and yeah. you can you can do the little drop down, and you can get it back to you know, the regular juice. minus seven yeah, and a half juice. reasonable juice. But all their teaser stuff is based off those those main lines thing. So when they are doing that, those are the lines you're playing the teasers off of. So those are also the lines you're playing the pleasers off of. So while it's screwing you over on playing teasers on some of those shaded lines, you actually will gain a little bit of uh, an advantage if you want to please those lines. And they have a million options there. There's not you don't have to please something six points. So if you really like something, it's not it's not the worst idea to maybe throw it in a four four or five point pleaser, maybe an open leg, and wait for something later in the year. Hit a nice big uh, a nice big strike on something that you found a you know a quantifiable big edge on. Yep, yep. And I would go so far to to just like you know if you're if you're getting into this space or if you are already in the space of media or something like that, and you're commonly looking at odd screens, 
Like, don't be fooled by the fact that what is being pulled onto the odd screen for from five dimes on certain NFL games is going to look way off market, right? It's going to be like, whoa, why, why is Green Bay minus nine? Everywhere else, they're minus seven and a half. What the hell? Like, somebody at five dimes really loves Green Bay. No, that's not it at all. But, you know, they're, they have moved that. They've moved their baseline there in order to protect themselves from, you know, Wong, it's Wong teaser protection. Right. So don't get caught up in, you know, getting tricked by what the five dimes, um, you know, widely available line looks like, um, because it's most likely going to be influenced by the teaser protection. But that creates a couple free points on the other side if you're so inclined to take them, I guess. Um, I usually don't, but that's beside the point. The, um, uh, I think it's pleasing season this year. I think we're going to do pleasing. some. You're going you're gonna to mess with it a little bit? Okay, I like this. And take your strongest angle. Take your strongest angle from the week and throw it in a teaser or a pleaser, and we'll we'll combine it with your strongest week two angle. It has to be the right number though, too. Like we have to come up with. Oh no no no! Yeah, I think you have to be patient. Yeah, we legitimately have to come up with the with the Wong criteria for pleasers, the Ganaw like reverse Wong. Yeah, reverse Wong. Yeah, we gotta we we gotta we gotta um come up with the with the what the what the right numbers to look for are and if they line up with sides that i see value and then let's swing away because yeah i mean mo- for the most part when you when you identify should we cut this part angle, <laughs> no way no way no way but like i think we're just we're just putting anyway. a book out of business <laughs> don't worry don't worry about it don't worry about it don't worry about it um but yeah no i think um i think you know, the best, once you kind of think you have an angle, like even if as best you can back test it, you really don't know until you actually put it to, into, into action for yourself and see for yourself. So we'll do that this year with pleasers and see if we can't line our pockets a little on, on top of doing well in the NFL. Um, how much is a point worth? Uh, I think we've kind of nailed the major issue here about buying and selling points. So let's talk about a di- slightly different angle here which is, well, when, you know, when do I take the points versus when do I play the money line? And this is tricky because still, you know, there technically there should be a correct answer, right? Like technically one of the two has higher expected value than the other. Um, And it should be entirely based on price and independent of, um, you know, independent of the um, uh, the total uh, and whatever the line itself is, right? Um, typically, this conversation and this discussion comes up around three and under three, right? Typically, like, well, why would I? In what you know, what, in what universe does it make sense for me to have plus one? at minus 110 where I'm laying the VIG versus getting, you know, plus 100 or at least minus 105 on plus the money one. line. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, this is really where this question comes up most often. Um, and what's interesting is you kind of, you know, again, kind of look, going with the the pinnacle, pinnacle closing spreads and pinnacle closing money lines, there's a pretty clear and obvious linear relationship between the spread and the money line like it's it's you know across the entire field of spreads it is linear as the day is long and in fact if you happen to know 
the money line. Um, it uh, the the spread can be you know the the the, the correlation between the money line and the spread is uh, r squared of point nine seven nine seven, which is freaking high. Uh, and the only places that it's a little off are right around three, right? The, the right around three. Um, because the value does get a little bulgy there, um, you start to see it deviate from the, from the, um, the linear trend. Um, and what else is funny is that if you put all of the threes in a basket across all of time, the distribution of money lines is actually pretty broad. There's a lot of, you know, there, there's not a single value. Uh, you know, it's a little bit, um, a little bit broad and that's kind of, I think, a little, I think it's um, a factor of them not being perfectly pinned, right? Like they're not chained. It's not a chained market. They're a little bit different. Sometimes people will bet into one market and not the other. Do you think that uh, has any influence on this? Like what? Like why? Like why is it possible that if I take all of the minus threes at even wow. juice in the history of the closing lines, I can see, you know, money lines is. Uh, as high as sixty-eight uh, percent implied break-even probability, and as low as uh, fifty-five. That's a huge freaking range, man. Like, what, what's accounting for that? You think? I, I mean, they are individual markets, but like you said, the correlation is so high. It's not. I mean, right away as you were talking, my mind went to tennis. Yeah, because it's still it, it's football. They have to play. The rules aren't as strict as far as you know. Tennis. The the tennis example is you can have two two players that their money line is identical to another match between two other players, but the spread is wildly different because of the style of play. And while the you know the odds of one man winning compared to the other match uh, are pretty equal. The one, you know, he's just not a not the kind of guy who breaks serve a lot. Maybe it's a he's a got a big serve. He goes to a lot of tie breaks. The spread is going to be a lot smaller. It makes me think of that right away. As far as you know, with tennis, it's it's funny that way. But yeah, like like you said, with football, the the correlation, it's it's so heavy there. I guess what was the question again? Did you ask a question? Well, I just, I guess... the, the differences in there. Yeah, no, I mean, I they, they are. It is why, an individual I market. I mean, what, they, right, they do right, have to yeah. protect some liability there. Yeah. Okay. So that just the fact that just the fact that there are differences, I think points to their, you know, math can help make a difference here. Right. Like you can legitimately come up with, okay, long-term all the, you know, the, the closing market at penny long-term tells me that a minus three is worth, um, you know, oh shoot, I have this all in breaking probability and not in a, uh, not an actual price. So, Bear with me. What's uh? Let's say my minus three is sixty-one and a half percent. What's that price? We could take the reciprocal. A bunch. It's like it's like minus uh, minus two hundred. Minus two hundred no. is uh, sixty-six. Okay. Yeah, minus two hundred is sixty-six. You're talking so like, like minus, minus one one fifty-five. Yeah. One sixty-one is is one fifty-five. Okay. Okay. So this is um, us doing math on air. Yeah. <laughs> no, just that the the um if you know you can you can see you know you can you you know what the average um 
what the average relationship between a money line and a three minus three is from all of the closing lines from the past, you know, the past 10, 15 years. And if you're getting offered a money line that's to the right of the median, then there's batted value in it, right? And if you're getting one that's to the left, it's more expensive, then you're you're being asked to pay more. So I, you know, I think there is a pretty quick check and a pretty quick calc you can do with any point spread um, to kind of understand, okay, well, if I'm getting a money line better than blank, then I'm better off taking the money line. If I'm getting, um, you know, if I'm getting a price worse than blank, then I'm taking the points. So that's, that seems totally reasonable, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Okay. Okay. And there's a lot, of, things there's like a lot this. of cases where it's, it's a much better idea to take the money line. What else do you think about before you play a money line versus playing points if it's a dog? Because I never really, I, I've, I mean, never, I I've, never, I've, I've never, I've never, I've never done math, math on and, that. I, I've never done the math and laid the juice on a juicy money line versus just taking the points. I'm, I'm sure I have, but it's freaking rare. What, do, what kind I of want to say the juiciest money, the juiciest money line. Um, usually I'm drinking. I was going to say the last time I took a juicy money line and this is going to be a total like humble brag, like locked myself into a win here. But uh, the Vikings, the Minneapolis miracle. Oh yeah. Like I just said, yeah. God, I just, I just feel like they'll win. Like, I feel like they got this game and I laid a big money line. I mean, whatever that line, it was well over 200. Minus 250. I'm pretty sure it was. I don't know how high it was, but I, I absolutely drank all the juice. I just said, fuck it, they're going to win. I don't, I have no faith in the Saints team, but I don't know if they'll cover because it's still the Vikings. And at halftime, I felt like an idiot. Like, why did I not just lay the points? I can have so much more money in the pocket. And then later on in the game, I'm like, boy, why did I lay that kind of juice? I'm a big, dumb idiot. They're going to lose this game. This sucks so bad. Everybody in the bar said, and then after, you know, obviously the last play there, and all my friends were waiting for him to kick the extra point to cover the line. I just sat there quite smugly and uh, didn't mention it because yep. yeah, I'm a winner. The, the line, the line was very much affected by that. I'm, I'm just a winner. So no, normally, and that's just a long way of saying I don't do that because I, I rarely will do the math. And maybe that's a blind spot on my part because I think, you know, we said that just like it, Maybe it's a it's a fallacy, and I think it's one of the fallacies you learn when you first get into this. And you say, "Oh, like I'm starting to get smarter about this. Parlays are bad. Teasers are bad. Juice is bad. Juice isn't bad." Fine. Yeah, I mean, again, no. the 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 I mean, no. the one that the one that everybody goes to is the Mayweather Mayweather McGregor fight. Juice is example. Bad. Everything is relative. Everything is relative. Like I'm sure there's a ton of opportunities for you to bet yourself into minus 200 money lines and them to be plus EV positions just yeah. based on you know whatever you can figure out, and that's probably a blind spot on my part because it, it does it's it's a bias in your head like oh man do I want to lay that kind of juice and maybe it, that's worth looking into. Every time yeah. you do one of these podcasts, we just end up with more projects. Yeah, I mean, you know, five is an interesting number because it's in the dead zone. It doesn't take a lot of um, doesn't take a lot of action either way to push it up to six or down to four, right? Um, and but you know, I, I have no idea how firmly chained the money line is on those kind of numbers because you know if you if you have a point spread of five, 
long term market would tell you that the the pairing that goes with the with a minus five uh, is seventy percent break even probability, which is a minus two thirty three. So if you're being asked to lay minus two fifty to back that team to win on the money line, that's that's a minus five. Then in general, you are paying a sucker's price. But if you're getting a minus two hundred on that on the money line to back a team that that that's minus five, then there's there's value there that you can scoop up. And if you don't feel great about you know if you if you don't feel great about laying that much juice in one shop, you know if you if it is plus EV. Um, presumably you can find, you know, parlay legs to pair that with and then come compound your, your plus EV there. So it's, um, it is an interesting, you know, kind of way of thinking about all this stuff. If you've taken nothing else from this podcast today, just kind of take it upon yourself to set up some simple Excel sheets to make these conversions for yourself. Um, you know, if you're being asked to pay five cents more for a price for a line, at your but you know if, if you, even if it's just as simple as well i'm gonna bet the plus three my book has it at minus 115 and this other book where i don't have any bankroll in it currently has it at minus 110 like you should you know rather than just be lazy and play it where you do have you know bankroll in your account like and paying the extra five cents like do the math like know what you're adding there in terms of you know what percent you're, you know, you're expecting to, um, to hurt your break even at the end of the day, because, you know, clearly, um, you know, being able to capture these small percentages in the NFL where things are, you know, so broadly controlled by small sample size and, you know, lucky bounces and things like that, like the more you can scoop in your favor, um, the better chance you're going to have a winning season. We can promise you that, um, you know, which kind of brings us maybe roundabout to kind of putting a pin on this with the closing line value and how important that aspect of kind of market and timing your market entry and, and kind of, you know, making these decisions early in the week versus waiting till Sunday morning. Like, do you have any just general thoughts on that that are worth including in this broader discussion? I think market entry, getting to know the market, betting at the right time and keeping an eye on things, having your different outs, shopping on price, all of that is way more important than handicapping the games. And I think handicapping the games is important. I think knowing, no, having all the information, following the league closely, running the numbers, looking at stats, looking at correlations between stats, keeping a close eye on things. I don't want to discount any of that, but market entry is king. Like yeah. yeah. If you're if you're continually getting the worst of the number because you can't read a market and you're constantly getting negative CLV, it, it just you're going to be fighting an uphill battle. Yes. Yes. Uh, and in in fact even it's you know like there is there is a correct answer to how much CLV do I need in a market like the NFL? You know, there is a fundamentally a correct answer, right? You can take last year's pinnacle opener and closers. You can see a very clear trend that, uh, you know, if you knew which way the market was going to go in, you know, and you just took a random sample of 70 games where you took the, you, you put yourself on an opener that beat the closing line. Like you literally, you went like 60% in the NFL. Like you did, you, you 
barely needed to have any other information besides uh, which way is this market going to move in order to have a winning season last year. Uh, and, you know, it's it's kind of speaks to the fact that the market itself is driven by thousands of thousands of models, mental models, numerical models. People are putting in information into the market as a whole that informs, uh, you know, informs the price in a way that it uh, is higher, you know, more efficient than the opener, than any given opener. Uh, and, you know, granted, there, you know, the, the, what was the, what was the, the other freaking crazy ass fact that I, that we were talking with Sumo about yesterday that, um, if you, that, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, the spread, the closing spread, closing pinnacle spread, um, has a correlation to the margin of victory of 0.2 R squared, R squared of 0.2. That means, uh, you know, the, that the spread itself um, can explain 20% uh, of the margin of victory, uh, which means that there's 80% there that's not captured, right? And you clearly could have, you know, some outlier angle, some, you know, some wild, uh, you know, uh, theory on this is contributing to these results and, you know, and capture value that's associated with that and bet into the closing line and make money. Right. This is not that if you do not have this is not a um, uh, what's the um, it's not that the antithesis of closing line value means you cannot win. Right. If you, you can have an angle that you're betting into closing lines and still win money in the NFL, that absolutely can exist. It absolutely does exist. We know people that do that for sure. Um, but the, um, the flip side of it is, is a truth, in my opinion, which is that if you can consistently capture value, uh, then um, then you are going to do well. Uh, and if you are consistently losing value, that's about the same as having a fundamental error in your handicapping, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, and um, yeah, so get uh, get cracking on a way of tracking that sort of stuff because it'll definitely help make you better long term. Betting the NFL for sure, and you know, betting the NFL is a good place to practice this stuff because games only happen a couple times during the week. There's only a certain number of games during the week. You're only going to make so many bets. Like this, you know, the the small sample size part of the NFL betting like makes it um, a good kind of entry spot for understanding sort of the ins and outs of of the way that a marketplace works. I think, even though it's an efficient market, even though it's a you know it's a tough sport to beat, even though you can be on the wrong side of luck. Uh, and have a losing season with a winning, you know, with a winning, um, you know, algorithm or strategy. Uh, it's still, uh, you know, it's still it, it lends itself to being able to to learn. I think. Did you agree with all that? Yeah, and yeah. I only made I only made seventy three bets all year. It's through the playoffs. Does not count any futures or props or anything like that. But seventy three full true, you know, one unit bets. And I did find it. My teasers went twelve and five. I didn't even think it did that well. Oh, see, I, yeah, seventy—that's seventy percent. But I, that's 70%. I, I, for some I reason, I didn't like think it was 70%. that good. I thought you might have done even better than seventy percent. But how fucking good is that? That's awesome, man. Um, so yeah, I think um, uh, you know, I think the the closing line value, you know, part of this discussion and market movement, market entry, and all that sort of thing, like you know. <clears throat> This you're gonna you know the more you get into this you're gonna find out that um, you know oh my gosh I need to know 
what books are market maker books? What books are retail books? Oh, I need to know um, when the market making books limits go up because that, you know, what happens in the immediate aftermath of limits going up can oftentimes be a truer indication in terms of, um, you know, what the correct direction of the market is than what happens before that. Because sometimes the moving, you know, the moves of market making books before the limits go up are, um, you know, are head fakes. Like that absolutely happens, you know. So you're going to get to the point where you you start to realize, you know, when things are not moving based on injury news and nuggets, um, a lot of times, you know, those are highly correlated with when limits go up and when, uh, you know, when, you know, some of the, the sharper players are starting to get their action down at the books that are shaping the lines and then it all trickles down from there. So, uh, get ahead of line moves. If you like to, you know, if you're going to, if you're going to bet around a three, you're better off waiting, you know, getting a number early before it disappears or waiting for a number. If you think it'll manifest, then you will ever be buying it ever. And you know, I until actually running the numbers and seeing how much it, you ought to be paying for it if you're buying the hook, you know, I really didn't have my head wrapped around, um, you know, any of this stuff. So uh, I feel like just prepping for this episode has made me kind of more prepared. So that was a good outcome of this. Yeah, this one's gonna have to have some links and articles to go with it. I think we might should we do a video where we have a chalkboard and do this math because some of it is a little dense abstract. when you explain it but i hope <laughs> i think yeah abstract i think i think for the most part you did a great job explaining it and i mean just basically there's a price there's a price based on math and it's not available yep so all, all points buying, are, all points, points are not well, yeah all points are not created equal half points around three are worth about four percent the price that that would that would um that would correlate to a 15 percent you know, uh, you know, uh, difference cents. in price, 15 cents, 15 cent difference in price, 4% implied break even probability and, uh, take it all to the bank to the fucking bank. <laughs>